Do you know who my dad is? A limited series podcast from Betches Media. Hosted by Brian Russell Smith and Alicia Angelus. Do you know who my dad is? A podcast about failing up. Hello and welcome to Do You Know Who My Dad Is? I'm Brian Russell Smith. And I'm Alicia Angelus. And Do You Know Who My Dad Is? limited series podcast brought to you by the Betches Sup, Not Another True Crime, and at Betches, where we explore dynastic nepotism and the effects it has on our culture. And today we are talking about the Kennedys. Let's do it. Let's get into it. So today I'm going to kind of take you through, you know, the first iconic presidency, which was the Kennedys. If you guys know who JFK is, obviously you know he was assassinated. Obviously you know his brother was also assassinated. But the best part about all of this is that it wasn't them who kind of were the, you know, people who were awesome and popular. It was not their father. It was actually their grandfather who was an American politician and businessman who essentially started growing as a popular guy in Boston that kind of trickled all the way down. So I'm going to kind of talk about the origins. I'm going to go into a few of the craziest scandals. I mean, there are endless scandals, but I'll only touch on a few. And then I'll kind of go into where you can see the Kennedys today, because believe it or not, a few of them are kind of all still alive and well, which kind of is something that I don't think many people think about. All right. So let's get into it. P.J. Kennedy is JFK's grandfather. So I'm going to talk about everybody similar to how we will talk about the Bushes. They all had similar names. (laughs) There was P.J., who is grandpa. There was Joseph Kennedy Sr., who was P.J.'s son. Joseph Mm -hmm. Kennedy Sr. was JFK's dad. But like I said, this all started with P.J., So PJ was an American politician and businessman in Boston. He was the only male survivor in his family because his father and brother died of cholera. It was some crazy intestinal disease at the time. And Mm -hmm. he was one of these like, you know, popular guys in Boston. He was really into alcohol. He owns like three different saloons. And ended up making all of his money from whiskey to the point where he was able to purchase a whiskey like importing house. <laughs> so oh, wow, that sounds like my kind of family to be grown and in, born into. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, mind you, but he was like a popular guy. He was always trying to like just help out like the Irish in Boston. He wasn't as into politics as like the remainder of his family, but he was very political. Like he was known as like, you know, that guy around town. And he really kind of started off his wealth through this entire like whiskey business. And his son, Joseph P. Kennedy Sr., JFK's dad, um, basically took right after him in Boston. He was really famous just because of like, his dad, he was helping out with like bootleg operations during prohibition. He was investing in different real estate. And like overall, like the Kennedys were just known as this like really rich family in Boston. They weren't necessarily like politicians just yet, but this was back in like the 1850s, 1880s, um, where it was a very much like rich white atmosphere where they're basically just trying to basically create their wealth (laughs) yeah it's funny it's funny like back then the people who were like irish they felt like i mean i guess they were like they were like marginalized Mm -hmm. but now there's just white people Mm -hmm. (laughs) no i completely agree i used to think of that as well um but basically joseph p kennedy was starting to as i said like go through these like bootleg operations he was constantly trying to like you know, he was eventually the mayor of Boston. He like infamously flirted with a lot of girls, but he was basically just trying to hike up his popularity to the point where as mayor of Boston, he ended up wanting to marry somebody who is of similar stature. And this is where Rose Fitzgerald comes in. So Rose Fitzgerald is 
just so this is now JFK's parents. Yeah, um, yeah. And they basically become this like it couple in Boston. They are climbing up the social ladder. They become multimillionaire investors and bankers. And eventually, because they were like, you know, so highly regarded, Joseph P. Kennedy was appointed ambassador to the United Kingdom. And this is when they started busting out kids, like right around wow. like a few years before. So, so, so did it seem did it seem like that they were like in love, or did they just do this because they were both like Beyonce and Jay Z? I think they were more so Beyonce and Jay Z. Like yeah. they didn't necessarily like go about having like the most beautiful marriage. Like they both came from such high up families in Boston that were political in Boston, but they weren't like major yet. Like they were just like mm-hmm. the cool people just in Boston. And this kind of starts going through how they go from Boston to now they're in the United Kingdom. And this is them kind of making this international move that will one day help them take over the U.S. So now we know Joseph P. Kennedy, we know that him and Rose end up giving birth to nine children. Jesus. um, Which is just fucking crazy to me. But... (laughs) What happened was they got married in 1914, but are obviously like hiking up. He's appointed ambassador. And in 1950, Joe Kennedy Jr. is born. This is the first Kennedy of the JFK generation. So now we've gone from PJ to Joe. Now we're at Joe Jr. So Joel, Joe is like the oldest brother. He's the oldest Kennedy. And Joseph the father basically like wants him to become this like amazing political guy. He wants him to be in the army. He wants him to be in politics. He helps him get a guy, um, get a job in Boston. So he starts kind of instilling a rivalry between his oldest son and his second son, JFK, who went by Jack at the time. And he has these like two boys who he basically just puts head to head. He constantly puts them in the best schools. He constantly is trying to, you know, take them out to the United Kingdom to like learn more about what's going on around the world. And keep in mind, like now we're getting to to like the 20s, the 30s, and we're thinking of like, how there was the growing rise of fascism. Like things were getting like pretty crazy in the world. So what he was showing his two first sons was that like the world is a pretty crazy place. Like if you do the right thing, you can help fix the world. So this kind of starts off where now we have these two brothers. They are very competitive. They're, we have Joe who ended up, Joe Jr. who ended up dying in combat in 1944. Um, and this is something where this was like to rewind a little bit, like this is when they were both basically like high up in the Navy and in the army and Mm -hmm. kind of are seeing this surge, the surge of Jack JFK. So we're seeing like the young Jack, who's this like army, well, in the Navy guy who's now kind of trying to be this war hero. And he was someone who of course, went to all the best schools, like came from a really wealthy family, but his father was like massaging who he was becoming. Like his uh-huh. father wanted him to be the, in the war. His father wanted him to go to the nice school. So JFK and Joe Jr., JFK's older brother, were both in fighting in World War II? Yeah, so they were basically going, they're like Joe Jr. died right like right after Pearl Harbor. Oh, Jesus. Um, like a few years after that. So mm-hmm. going to like 1941, where we're like at the time of Pearl Harbor, Jack already was talking about how he wanted to go into politics. Like his older brother was interested, but like kind of just more of a war hero at the time. But Jack was already like becoming the dog that we know. So we're kind of seeing his little sit in the army from like 1941, 1942. His brother tragically dies in 1944. And this is when I think everything kind of pivots into JFK. So 1944, his brother dies in combat. 
Jack is basically left there and is like, okay, like now I don't have my older brother here. I have to become the it guy. I don't have him anymore. Um, and he, but like, he's like, my competition's gone. Yeah. And then all of the focus from his like dad and the thing just like went into JFK as opposed to being split into two. Yeah. So now the focus goes into JFK and he is still very young at this time. He is just like helping out in the Navy. He ends up actually rescuing a ton of people in like some famous event that happened where he actually had to like swim underwater, go save all these people. But something that people don't really talk about that I learned was that JFK was also a very sick child. So he oftentimes contracted a lot of illnesses. He had some back issues. He didn't really walk the right way all the time, but he was somehow this war hero. So when you have nine children, one of them is, a couple of them are bound to have some problems, (laughs) especially back then. So he kind of like had these problems, but he just hid them. And he's now we're getting to like, 1945 where this whole like war thing happens and he's basically just like saving everyone to the point where he gets pardoned from the navy in 1945 coincidentally just in time to run as a congressman in massachusetts wow look at that (laughs) and it's just wild to me because this was basically the way that I like, I like to think about this, like in summary, is that there was this father who was trying to become really rich, but he was doing a lot of like bootleg things and instead was deciding like, you know what, my two boys can take over the world. I'll show them the way. And now he puts them in the army and the Navy. He takes them out of it just in time to become like larger members of Congress. And their dad was just like, a big guy in Boston. He wasn't and like, now he was the ambassador in the United Kingdom. So like he was kind of watching very closely, but not necessarily like, you know, yeah. he wasn't like the president right now. He was well, just, Jay, yeah. He knew the right people. He knew the right people. And I'm sure like being a whiskey guy, you, you kind of get some things on some people. Yeah. So he basically just was like, clearly the people that make the money are in politics. Like, I'm going to massage my entire way so that my kids end up taking over the world. That was kind of where we're at. And now we are in 1946, where Joe Jr. is dead. We are at his second son, JFK, who now needs to run for Congress. And JFK has been you know very young very like admirable war hero who came from this rich family but he was a bachelor like he wasn't like married or anything yet and he kind of needed to be positioned as like more of a symbol which is what really really made him come to fame um throughout his campaign so When he started running for Congress, he immediately won because he had all the right connections in Boston. And now he became like a big guy in Massachusetts, similar to his dad. And the issue during this time in Congress started, the issue really was that he was now this like player. He wasn't getting married yet. He was just kind of like, I made it. Now I'm a congressman. And he was just kind of like sitting in this. Um, And what I kind of like to think about here is that his father probably was whispering in his ear every day, like, when are you going to get married? Like, Mm -hmm. be a senator if you're single. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, you couldn't really, you had to like be like a, like a nuclear family at that point, you know? Exactly. Can't be 35 and unmarried, but he was hot, so I don't blame him. He was so hot. He was one of those really popular celebrities at the time. This is like if Brad Pitt was a congressman and we were like, he's fine, just a congressman. Like, he doesn't need to be mm-hmm. president. We love him. I would love another hot president. <laughs> right? <laughs> so now jo- Jack JFK um, is, of course, 
like having his dad like t- like whisper in his ear that he needs to get married. He's already in his early 30s. He was unmarried at 35 when people were usually getting married at like 22. So now in comes the infamous Jackie Kennedy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and I'm nasty she- if you're nasty. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so Jackie grew up in New York City. She came from an incredible family as they come. Um, her father was like a huge club guy, which like fit into like Joseph's little world. So like she lived a very similar life to what Jack lived. Like she was used to like the alcohol. She was used to getting talked down to by her father, what have you. She kind of just like rolled with the punches, but was very much like an independent queen, so to speak. Like she was more or less like hiking up the social ladder, like in New York instead of like in Boston. Mm -hmm. So they meet, they basically quote met through a friend of a friend at like some party when they were basically just like set up to get married. Um, And this is now when Joe finally is able to become Senator because now he like found the girl. Now he's like groomed to be this like symbol of family life. And now that he essentially is this like player who like finally found the chick, all the girls like are in awe and all the girls are like, oh my God, like I love him. I will vote for him. And that was something that was very, very interesting because in his Senate campaign, he basically ended up coercing women to vote for him. And the craziest part of that is that his family like all jumps onto the campaign and is like helping him out as if this is like a family affair. And they start having women come out and do do these like tea parties for him so that they can like basically elect him into office. So Jackie is now this A-list celebrity. She's like, trying to kind of, you know, rise to fame. She already is kind of famous. She obviously becomes more of an icon in the 60s, what have you. Um, And this is when, this is when JFK is still only senator? Yes. So right now we're basically in his whole like Senate, Senate like time. Um, And what happened was they basically were, like going on and on about like him being his senator he like had a kid whatever we could get to that later and what ended up happening is that they had this like notorious marriage where she would basically like let him do whatever he wanted and the repercussions was like there basically weren't any repercussions for anything he did and the idea was if she just like sits and be and like continues to like look great for her brand he would one day end up looking presidential and they would one day end up taking over the world. (laughs) Um, So this is like a classic moment where Jackie, yes, was like an independent woman, but she wasn't independent to the point where she was willing to like leave Jack by any means. She was like, Mm -hmm. I've been this for the long haul. She sat by his side as Senator for like seven years. Um, They started having kids and what ended up happening is that he finally is able to be this like huge icon who runs for president. And what I find like really crazy here is that there is this one other person whispering in his ear and that is his younger brother, Bobby. And there's this whole like Bobby phenomenon that we can kind of go into, but Bobby ended up being Jack's attorney general, as we know, once he got elected into president elected as president and Mm -hmm. he was even more aggressive than even like his father joe like he was very what was left-leaning at the time there were also catholics which was really kind of like out there at the time Um, yes which is so funny to think about that like it was crazy that jfk was a catholic at the time everyone was like i would vote for him but he's catholic but and then like him appointing his brother as attorney general is like the ultimate form of nepotism. Like we talk about um, Trump making Ivanka, you know, a special advisor or whatever. And like all basically installing his family into white house positions, Jared Kushner. 
And we're all like aghast, but we're like, wait, but JFK did make his brother attorney general, which I'm sure people were aghast about at the point at that time. Exactly. So like you could kind of think of the 50s as this point where like they're hyping him up to be this presidential nominee. They're making him look great. Like Bobby is like doing his research on the side and is like trying to learn everything that he needs to know to like train him to be a good president. Meanwhile, he's just the younger brother. Mm -hmm. Um, And now... He is running for president in 1960. He's the first Catholic on the scene. He wins the presidency and has Bobby be his, you know, right-hand man, which is nepotism, 100%. Yeah. And the, 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 the thing about that, too, is especially is, like, the attorney general is supposed to be, like the just, like, the head of the Justice Department which is supposed to be a separate thing from the executive branch, from the White House. Like, they're not supposed to have, like, political influence at all. That's why everyone is so up in hands about Trump and William Barr, because William Barr is now basically Trump's personal attorney. But um, they were based, they did the same thing. And, uh, but you had obviously other presidents who didn't do that. It's just a little, um, obviously there was not that separation of power here. Yeah. And now we're sitting here seeing, like, this new form of presidency. Like, we're seeing the first celebrity presidency. Like, these people are now, like, icons. And this is, like, it was already getting dirty behind the scenes. He was already this huge womanizer. We'll get into scandals in a second. But, like, he had this brother who basically was just, like, constantly trying to do more, be more aggressive, and kind of just, like, push him forward which he thought was the best thing for the country. But in the end, like the only reason they were even up there was because their father like bought them into this entire, I mean, this entire life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're out here trying to run the world. Um, and Bobby ended up being like a huge person in the civil rights movement. But as we know, um, JFK ended up getting assassinated before he was even able to finish his first term. So now you could kind of see Bobby going into more of like a, oh no, it's me. (laughs) And we switched to like the third sibling who has a huge, huge presence and tries to be president himself. So the focus was on Bobby to try to become president, but then he was killed too. Yeah. So he ended up being killed later in the 60s And that kind of alludes to all of these scandals that went on with this entire family. Like they Mm -hmm. were these huge icons who ended up both dying and so much more happened that kind of, you know, makes it seem as if both these assassinations were planned. Listen, we all know that scratchy PJs can make a cranky kid. I want my kids to be comfy when they sleep and are rested in the morning. And that's why I snuggle them up in Little Sleepies. Little Sleepies makes award-winning bamboo PJs that moms rave about. I am, said mom, I am obsessed with Little Sleepies. They are so, so, so soft. I just got one that was the Checkmates Zippy for my son, Lucas. It's so adorable. And it's limited edition, so everybody go check it out. Little Sleepy's Zip Romper Pajamas, a.k.a. Zippies, the ones that I got, were designed with thoughtful details like fold-over feet, mittens, and a double zipper to make the middle-of-the-night diaper changes easier. Made from the buttery, soft, custom-milled Luna Luxe Bamboo Viscose, their Zip Footy Pajamas are gentle on sensitive skin and babies with eczema. But what parents rave about the most? How long they fit. And Little Sleepies makes the best baby shower gift. They have inclusive sizing from preemie to adults 3X. There are also nursing and pregnancy-friendly styles available for adults. So try a pair of Little Sleepies today. Fair warning, you'll never go back. You can try Little Sleepies for yourself by visiting littlesleepies.com. Plus, get 15% off your order on littlesleepies.com with code BETCHES. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-S-L-E-E-P-I-E-S.com with promo code BETCHES. So let's hear about these scandals. Like, let's go to the beginning of like even before, like like when JFK was, you know, around and before the assassinations and all the end of that stories. Yeah. So I have to say, JFK is a dirty dog. He was hot. He was able to get away with a lot, but he was someone who I don't even think would have been able to go through an entire presidential term. 
<laughs> because of how bad the shit was that he was doing behind the scenes. Like secretly after reading everything that I've read now, I just am like, thank God he was killed. Like he would not have been looked at as a legend by any means mm-hmm. if he actually survived this entire term. Um, but I think the first thing that is a huge scandal is the amount of drugs that JFK was responsible for taking. So like I said, he was not a healthy man, um, not a healthy child. And he kind of was, you know, thrown into this seat. He was the second kid after all. He didn't really realize that he was going to be front and center up until his little, his older brother died. So he constantly was trying to like take uppers, things of that nature to present himself in like the right way. His health would be failing. Um, he would get like knocked out with all kinds of different drugs to the point where he worked with a doctor, Dr. Feelgood, mm-hmm. who in the beginning of his presidency would just inject him with speed in order to like perform well and feel, you know, numb to all the pain that his body was actually going through. And there was even stories of like him needed to be resuscitated like multiple times when oh, the Jesus. public would just think that he like had a virus. Oh my gosh. Wasn't this doctor like, like he worked with like Hollywood people too, right? Yes. Yeah. So this doctor was like famous um, and JFK already was kind of taking like a good amount of drugs, but he didn't have like a drug doctor, so to speak. So he, of course, went to the number one drug doctor in the world at the time (laughs) and started having him like fly with him and like inject him with all different types of shit. (laughs) Like there was plenty of steroids he took, plenty of amphetamines, and he would have these terrible come downs that would result in these insane consequences. Like apparently he made the decision to go through with the Bay of Pigs during a come down from doing drugs and was like, that was the worst decision I ever made in my life. Oh my God. <laughs> and like, we just do really dumb shit. So that to me was one of even like the minor things because the more major things were also like his extramarital affairs. So like I said, Jackie was this icon at the time. She was like the perfect first lady. People didn't really think about the first ladies until they saw Jackie. Like Jackie was, you know, she honestly like laid the groundwork for like the Hillary's and the Michelle's to me. Like she was like the first like boss bitch that we had seen in American politics. So she, as I said, like, let him do whatever he wanted, not something Hillary or Michelle would do. But, well, I mean, Hillary, Hillary, you never, uh, yeah, you never, we, that, that's still undetermined. We'll see what the, what stories come out about the whole month. Like, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Bill Clinton had his transgressions. Bill Clinton was on the island. <laughs> yeah, he was on that island. <laughs> so JFK had these crazy affairs and Jackie would legitimately be out of town and would give JFK's assistants like her schedule and be like, okay, I'm planning to be out of town on Saturday. I'm going to be in, let's say it's California. So you can invite these women to come over and sleep in my bed when I'm gone. And when I come back, they just have to be gone. So JFK allegedly used to sleep with his 19 year old intern. And the story that I found so bizarre was that the way that he would coerce the women in the White House to sleep with him is that he would invite them on swims, similar to how, you know, there was an island and another mm-hmm. thing, scandal. So he would invite, he would have his assistants call girls and be like, hey, like, um, the president wants you to go for a swim. And the girls would go on these, what they thought were friendly swims. I know people have heard of the friendly massages. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you see these girls go into this pool. He doesn't hit on them at all. But then after they go on this lovely swim, they get taken around the White House for a quote tour. And the way that Jack apparently would have this tour go down with the 19 year old intern for the first time that they slept together was that he is on this tour with her after this friendly little swim and he takes her into Jackie's bedroom says oh this is Mrs. Kennedy's bedroom and then proceeds to have sex with her Jeez. 
in his wife's bed. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so I feel as if like this kind of lays the groundwork for a lot of those like really fucked up sexual predator shit type of stories that have happened, unfortunately. And even this 19 year old intern has kind of come forward and been like, hey, like it wasn't necessarily like assault. It was legitimately like the president of the United States. Like I wasn't going to say no. I was 19. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So like nothing he was doing was really illegal, which I find Mm -hmm. really interesting. Um, But he nonetheless was a huge playboy. He basically turned the White House into like a playboy mansion when Jackie was away. And that was just the way it was. And Jackie even made comments sometimes being like, like when she was showing people the White House, she would walk to like one room, like point at one secretary and be like, oh yeah, like my husband's fucking her. (laughs) Oh my God. Like apparently she like has, like she was fully, fully aware. Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, to each his own. Yeah. (laughs) Some people are okay with it. Like some people are open, fine, but Mm -hmm. like, they just really, don't just don't have sex with a 19 year old intern that's not that's not cool like that's not nice at all yeah yeah <laughs> um so yeah i think that like those were like the largest things like of his time in the oval office that i thought were really important to share but i think his the largest saga around the kennedys the largest scandal really has to do with the youngest kennedy um ted kennedy um who basically was the heir apparent after Bobby ended up being murdered in the 60s. So taking you back so that you know where we are, we went through JFK's presidency. Now he died in 1963. Bobby dies a few years later. Bobby and Jackie have like a nice relationship. Jackie's like on her way to becoming Miss Independent Woman. Um, But we still have Ted. So Ted was the youngest Kennedy. He was, again, the last heir apparent. And I am sure we have Joseph muttering (laughs) that he needs to become president now. Um, Because what we basically have here, again, is like a father basically being like, my kids have to take over. I don't care how many of them get killed. Like, one of them will make it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which just blows my mind. So Ted was basically well-known. He was a senator He worked on Bobby's campaign um, and he basically was like, yes, like the youngest Kennedy, still good looking, still fun, still in politics, but didn't have like as much of a surge up until like the later 60s. So like in the late 60s, he was trying to eventually like one day become president. He was becoming more popular. um, And he, in 1969, was hosting a party for some of the girls who worked on Bobby's campaign. And this party was on Chappaquiddick Island and Chappaquiddick became a very famous scandal. So was, was Ted a Senator at this time? Yes. So Ted became the United States Senator in Massachusetts in 1962. So like there was like while JFK was like in office, So we have like Ted as like the third major player in the Kennedys who's like already trying to make it big in Massachusetts, like his brothers. So surprising. And he now throughout the 60s is like, you know, trying to hike up his eventual hope that he will be a presidential nominee. So now we're in 1969. He's been a senator for what, seven years And he's like having a little party for some girls that he knows who used to work on Bobby's campaign. If I had to think, if I had to second guess, I'm assuming he was maybe involved with some girls or I'm assuming maybe he wanted those girls to work on his campaign one day and wanted them to love him. So there's this party. He is a well-known guy at this point and he had a driver. He's at the party on the island and he's rumored to be leaving Um, and he goes up to his driver, takes his keys and is like, Hey, like, you know, I could drive home myself. I'm going to be fine. And this, one of the boiler room girls, the boiler room was where the Bobby's girls would kind of, uh, you know, campaign. Sure. Um, (laughs) one of the boiler room girls, Mary Jo, 
went up to Ted, apparently, and asked for a ride home. So it's unclear, because I've read multiple sources where some people say that Mary asked for the ride and then Ted got the keys, or Ted got the keys and then Mary asked for the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's, quote, 11, 15 p.m. They have this beautiful party, nice little dinner. Um, Ted goes, hey, draw, like, says to his chauffeur, like, you know what? You stay here. You keep enjoying. I'm going to take Mary home. They sneakily leave. Apparently, nobody really knew that they were together. Um, And what ends up happening is that Ted Kennedy loses control of the wheel, um, spins the car into (laughs) a body of water, and Mary Jo does not come out alive, and Ted comes out alive. So there's a lot of questions here. (laughs) Was he drunk? Was he with Mary? Was he like, was he dating Mary? Was Mary drunk? Did Mary say something to him? Um, like, did he drive purposely into the water? Did he mm-hmm. like, just really just like get in a horrible drunk driving accident? So where it gets really fucking crazy is that this, so they apparently crashed the car around, you know, 12 a.m. is what reports say. And there is a missing hour between 11.15 and like this 12-ish time um, where nobody knows what happened. And keep in mind, it is 1969. The media is not where it is today. And nobody's able to kind of, you know, figure out like through all the cameras installed on like every road, like where he was, what time it was, whatever. Um, So he eventually... Goes back to his hotel. He's like covered in shit. Um, speaks to what somebody at his hotel. Um, apparently, this is at two a.m. and goes to sleep instead of reporting anything to the police. So <laughs> he went to bed after crashing a car when, and a girl was in it. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! Do you watch Succession? No, I want this to. is like this like happens in succession, basically the same exact thing. It's crazy. It's so fucked up. We've all been there trying to fit everything we might need for a trip only to end up with a suitcase bursting at the seams. But with base, there's room for everything. 15 pairs of underwear for a weekend trip. No problem. Deciding between a few pairs of shoes, bring them all with base. It is my go-to travel bag. I love that the bag expands because I'm a chronic overpacker and it still fits in the overhead compartment. It just makes it so much easier to travel when I know there's a special place for everything. It makes me feel like a more organized version of myself. And I love that cushioned handle. I always get compliments on it too from anyone who's helping me with my bags. Base is thought of everything you could ever want in a piece of luggage. 360 degree gliding wheels, a cushioned handle, built-in weight indicator, washable bags for your dirty clothes, and all the interior pockets you need. Their luggage comes in multiple sizes and colors, and for shorter trips, the Weekender bag is super functional and even has a place to store your shoes separately. Every piece is made to look better with miles, so you don't have to worry about it in cargo or overhead. And Base has over 30,000 five-star reviews. Whether you're packing for a quick trip or looking to breeze through the security line, Base has your personal items covered. Right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash betches. Go to basetravel.com slash betches for 15% off your first purchase. That's B-E-I-S travel.com slash betches. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Think of yourself like a bottle of sparkling water. Get too shaken up and you're eventually going to burst. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I love therapy. I've been to therapy for many years and I love that when I have a big problem, I don't have to wait and let it fester and let it get bigger. I can start bringing it up in therapy and talk through it before it becomes an even bigger problem. Figuring out how to find coping skills when I've encountered anything that triggers me or stresses me is one of the main things that I've really learned from therapy and has helped me so much in my life. It's helped me to be a better version of myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Betches today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Betches. So, like, there's so many crazy pieces to this because 
there's this missing hour when the car quote crashed at 12 when they left at quote 11 um b he like left her there um <laughs> c he waited 10 hours to report the incident which is just fucking insane because he must have been waiting so that he wouldn't be able to get a sobriety test um, he must have been thinking like, oh my God, my image is ruined. Oh my God, my dad's going to kill me. Um, and then he basically proceeds to go on the air the next day and say like, oh my God, um, I like, this was like a horrible thing that happened. I was so traumatized that like, I just needed to recover for a second. Um, and like tries to basically like dig himself out of this entire scandal. Oh my gosh. And then he went on to become, be stay a senator for the rest of his life. Yes! Crazy and smart. Like, if this, if anything even slightly like this were to happen, the person, like today, the person would be canceled forever. And like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they probably also play face some sort of criminal charges. Yes. And they'd be in jail. Um, in like, the fact that Ted was able to get away with this and then become stay in his Senate seat from 1969 to 2009. Oh my God. We need to, we need term limits. We can't have these old ass people who kill, who are killing people just stay in Senate for this long. If anything, he could have, he could have, he could have filtered out. (laughs) He really could have. So, Ted ended up being just fucking fine, even though he essentially killed a woman in a drive, drunk driving accident. Um, there's a whole documentary to watch on that if anybody wants to. I thought it was thrilling. Um, and now we have the black sheep of the family. So after all these scandals, like the family just is fine, right? And everybody is just going on as is. Joseph Kennedy has essentially had his entire family become icons. They're in the Senate. Some people died, whatever. (laughs) Um, They were still looked at as legends because they like died in, you know, good faith. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, there's that whole, that whole movie Jackie is basically about Jackie Kennedy, like writing the history of JFK. Yes. She's like, I'm going to say what I want the, like the Camelot thing. Yeah. It's our legend. So Jackie, like kind of, you know, is writing the history um, the family, like, in the 70s, is just, like, you know, coasting by. Um, and, like, Jackie obviously continues to become an icon. But the Kennedy that people really don't talk about is Rosemary Kennedy. Um, she was the third child born. So keep in mind, um, we had Joe Jr., who was the first. We had JFK, who was the second. Rosemary was the third. Bobby was the seventh of nine Kennedys and Ted was the ninth. So there are a few people, you know, in there Mm -hmm. that you didn't really hear about, right? Um, So now we have Rosemary. Rosemary was actually born in 1918. We're going to take it back a sec. And throughout her childhood, she unfortunately had some developmental disabilities. This was actually due to her being left in the birth canal for too long because her doctor was running late to come deliver the baby. So for some reason, they just like had her stay there, which killed her brain. Um, And (laughs) that has an entire list of issues. Don't need to get into them. But she, as a result, had some developmental disabilities However, she grew up in this super affluent family. So she was this rich, very rich um, Kennedy. So she went to the right school, similar to her siblings, like was in the best programs with the best people. And she had some, you know, she wasn't perfect, but she was high functioning and was even training to be like a teacher's aide at some point. And this was kind of, you know, up until like when she was a teenager through her early 20s, Um, and she essentially was able to kind of just kind of coast through up until her twenties hit where she started, you know, being more of like a teenager. Um, she started getting a little more aggressive sometimes she would have some, she would have seizures here and there. She would like have mood swings. She ended up, like, one day getting expelled from her summer camp, like, would sneak out of school. So she was kind of, like, the black sheep of the family. Um, But she was still part of the family at this time. 
But when she was 23, um, after all these issues continued to persist, her bougie family was like, what do we do? Like, how do we Mm -hmm. fix this? We're tired of not having this imperfect child. Um, And this was in 1941 where modern medicine was nowhere near where it was today. So instead of like trying to, you know, think of other options, they decided to look up like the new and improved like forms of, you know, curing mental illness, um, which at that time actually involved lobotomies. Mm-hmm. Um, which so, is like when they just like screw drive your brain, right? They just like put like a, that's like, like basically what it is. Yeah. So essentially a lobotomy is when somebody essentially puts a screwdriver into your brain. Sometimes you're awake for this, which blows my fucking mind. Mm-mm. And you essentially are freed from whatever issues that you had. And sometimes people used to at that time be like, okay, like even if it stunts the person, like that's better than them being like super like out there, whatever. Whereas now today, like being high functioning is like totally fine and normal. You don't need to like have this crazy surgery that might go wrong. Um, And like things have come a long way since. But anyways, this surgery happened. The surgery did not go well. Um, and the Kennedys ended up placing Rosemary in a institution in Wisconsin where she ended up essentially being hidden from the Kennedys and her siblings didn't really know about the surgery for years and she was put out of the public eye. So she was very much like the sibling that just was like put away. Um, she would have like occasional appearances where she would be trained to speak. Um, and she really just like never got to really have a presence in the family. That's that's crazy. I mean, it's devastating. And it's also devastating to know that her siblings didn't know as much about it up until many years later. Um, which kind of takes me to where the Kennedys are today. Um, so Rosemary ended up staying in this facility until she died, um, in like 2005, I believe it was the, um, some of the other Kennedys in like that line. Um, one of them was named, it was another Mary, but she, her name was Eunice Mary Kennedy. Um, she assisted on JFK's campaign, but after she found out about Rosemary, she kind of went on to really like be have more of a presence in her life and she ended up getting married to sergeant shriver um maria shriver's father um and they founded camp shriver which evolved into the special olympics kind of in honor of rosemary oh wow i had no idea yeah so like this was another one of the kennedys that was kind of under the radar but was but ended up marrying like a nice well-to-do white man Mm-hmm. Um, and they ended up kind of doing this in honor of her. So Mary Kennedy ended up marrying Sergeant Shriver. They found a camp Shriver, had a Maria Shriver who married Arnold Schwarzenegger. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were married for like 25 years. And she is a res- correspondent now on NBC news. Again, probably due to, you know, her steps on the ladder. Yep. But that's just like where, they are. And then now, like I already said, like Ted already just chilled until 2009 and died. <laughs> and JFK's other sister, Jean, um, is somebody who I did not read about until today. She actually just passed away in June 2020 and served as a U.S. ambassador to Ireland in the Clinton administration. Oh, wow. They're yeah. everywhere, man. They're legitimately everywhere. Yeah. And um, JFK's kids, um, his son actually ended up dying in a plane crash in 1999. Um, But his son's son, a.k.a. JFK's grandson, Connor Kennedy, is the one who was dating Taylor Swift. Wow. Um, And JFK's daughter, Caroline Kennedy, was actually the 29th U.S. ambassador to Japan under the Obama administration. What? Wow. Um, Very rich, lives in Martha's Vineyard now, what have you. And best of all, 
Bobby Kennedy had three kids. One of them, another Mary, um, was Mary Carrie Kennedy, and she married Cuomo. <laughs> Andrew Cuomo. So everything comes full circle. Oh, wow. And then there's the other Joe Kennedy who's running for Senate in Massachusetts right now. Yes, he's like the most like up-to-date one. I, like, I feel as if he's on the come. That's crazy. So this is kind of where like I kind of, you know, conclude my story on the Kennedys, but I think that the largest takeaways are that these men were essentially created from their father and grandfather who wanted to be popular. This really also created the whole like icon version of presidencies. It really created like celebrity presidents, celebrity first ladies. Um, And it shows like the first examples of like celebrities really needing to like keep up their brands. Like the Kennedys were very much brand forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think. I mean, and it seems like it didn't behoove the father to do this because all of these kids his yeah. kids died because he tried to make them, you know, who they were and they died because of it. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah. And like, what I find so mind boggling is that like, I am sure that the father would have tried to rise higher than just an ambassador to Britain if he could, but there must've been like a reason that he was like, no, no, it should be my children. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of nepotism, I'm sure there's definitely like some sketchy, stuff there somewhere as to why it wasn't Joseph who ended up spotting up the ranks. It was Jack. So I hope everybody learned something about this. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I mean, I've always like heard of Chappaquiddick. I never really got deep into it. So that was good to know. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Betch's co-founder, Aileen. And as you may know, we have been in the media game for a minute. And between meetings, podcasting, dinners, etc., I need a wardrobe that works with me, not against me. And that's why Lee is a staple in my wardrobe. I recently got this white jacket, jean jacket from Lee, and I got their button down. I must say that the quality is very, very good because when you wear a button down, it is very difficult to find one that doesn't kind of come apart. And this one is not only very soft and comfortable, like I can move my arms around, but I really, really like it. It just looks really cute. And it's like Western, Western's so in right now. And then I also love the white jacket I got. It's like off-white, but it has this blue stitching and it's like, I'm gonna wear it over the shoulders, perhaps on my vacation. I'm just really into it. And Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. Their denim gets better with age and their classics fit into every look. Lee's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail. It's a classic. The Ryder jean jacket is the OG and what every other brand has copied for decades. Everyone is an icon in their own right and Lee makes denim so people can own their style and feel good in their clothes. Their spring collection is here, so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com, that's L-E-E dot com, that's L-E-E dot com to shop spring looks now. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There's no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So it's no big deal if you lose a button, spill something, or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BETCHES20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com, that's Newly with two U's, and enter the code BETCHES20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. 
That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, and use code BETCHES20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. And we are back. So what we're going to do today is play a game called Kennedy or It Can't Be, where I'm going to read some facts and Brian is going to guess if they are true about the Kennedy family or made up facts created to fool us. So mm-hmm. I've done a good amount of research, so I feel as if I might know a good amount of these, but let's see. Yeah, because Sean, our producer Sean came up with all the questions. So we don't really know, but the likelihood of Alicia knowing is probably higher than it is for myself. Yeah, so let's get started. So number one, Kennedy, or it can't be, Ted Kennedy almost died in a plane crash. Ted Kennedy. Um, I know that the one that JFK's son died in a plane crash. I don't know anything about Ted Kennedy almost dying in a plane crash. I don't know anything about it, but I know he is a terrible, like he, like bad driver, maybe a bad pilot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm going to say Kennedy. It, it, it Maybe it's true. Yes, you're right. So this is a fact. While campaigning for re-election to the Senate and in a trip to the Massachusetts Democratic Convention, Ted's plane crashed in an orchard three miles shy of the runway. Imagine. Two people, including the pilot, were killed. And Kennedy, who had to be dragged from the wreckage, broke three vertebrae and two ribs and had a collapsed lung. How do you wow. even survive that? What? Like, this family, I, like, can't believe how many bad luck situations they've gotten themselves. Right? Mm-hmm. I just... All right. Next one. JFK's father, Joseph, once made a bid to run for president himself, but only made it part way through the primary season before dropping out. Oh, my God. I'm not sure if I know this one. Well, I think that I I think after listening to you talk about Joe Kennedy, I think that we know that he could have wanted to, but wasn't able to because he was too like shady, right? So Yeah. Like I I'm think he go, was way too shady. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with um it can't be. And you are right. Though there is evidence that Joe had designs to succeed FDR in the White House in nineteen forty, he never actually ran for president himself. Instead, he lends that up to his sons. Yeah, that is not surprising. No. Next one. Speaking of FDR, Bobby Kennedy bonded over their shared love of model trains with then-President Roosevelt at the age of 10. Interesting. Um, This is cringing. You know, I feel like this probably could be true. I don't know. Maybe... Like, they just happened to meet the president one time. I don't like, know. I couldn't see this as being true because I feel like that's just, mm, I would have known, I feel. Okay. I didn't know. I don't know if, I didn't know either of them like trains, model trains. So let's see. All right. It can't be. Technically, uh. this one is not true, but FDR and Bobby did, in fact, share a hobby over which they corresponded. In 1935, at the age of 10, Bobby wrote to the president to express his interest in stamp collecting, of all things, to which FDR responded by gifting him with a book of stamps and an album in which to collect them. I forgot that people used to collect stamps. I forgot that that was a thing. You know, I think I tried that when I was a kid. And you may, like, maybe we should start bringing that back. We could like save the postal service if we all started collecting stamps again. But here I am. Um, next one. JFK had secret taping devices installed in the White House. Huh. I think this is true because I like in my head it's around the time of like Nixon. And obviously we know all about those tapes. I'm pretty sure that there was like Johnson tapes. Yeah. So I'm going to say Kennedy. Like, Kennedy, it's true for me. I also feel as if like he was doing kind of like some sketchy shit and he probably just like wanted to make sure if like somebody did something to him, he'd have like blackmail or something. Perhaps, yeah. Um, so this is a fact. Richard Nixon was not in fact the first president to have every conversation in the Oval Office recorded. Installed in July of 1962, the recording devices captured almost 300 hours of meeting and telephone combos. 
Wow, I had no idea. That's pretty insane. All right, next one. That wasn't the only thing that Kennedy kept at the White House. It's also a fact that JFK's family kept 16 pets while residing in an office. Kennedy or it can't be. Do you know this one? I mean, if you know it, then you know if it's true or not. I feel like maybe it's true. I'm pretty sure I read something about this and it was like a thing because his family was so big. Yeah, he had a lot of kids and they were young children. And I'm sure that like maybe people like gifted them pets and they had a lot of space. That was probably how he stayed close with his kids. It's just like by throwing shit at them. Yeah, or other people. Let's see. (laughs) So this is a fact. Over the course of his tenure at the White House, the Kennedys kept 11 dogs, five horses, a pair of hamsters, two parakeets, a canary, a cat, and a rabbit as pets. Why parakeets and a canary? Why not just like one or the other? Also, why the hamsters? I just- Hamsters are gross. Like, I thought you guys were like rich and classy. Also, what are you supposed to do with 11 dogs? 11 dogs? That's an insane amount of dogs. (laughs) I feel like three or four dogs is good, but like- I mean, it's not like they took care of them themselves, but so. (laughs) While we're on the subject of pets, did you know that one of the puppies kept by the family was gifted to Jackie by the one and only Cuban leader, Fidel Castro? I think that could be possible. I think that could be because, like we said, people doing it for favors. People like, like, oh, I heard she likes dogs. Like, people give dog. Uh, people, there's a video of a dog, someone giving Putin a dog, and he's like. I wonder dog. if Trump ever gave anyone like some sort of, you know. Trump. Trump is gift. like the first president to not have a pet, mm. in, like like in the White House. He has no pets. So believe it or not, this can't be. Ooh. This one definitely isn't a fact about Fidel Castro, but the truth isn't too far off. Uh During the Kennedy's first visit with Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev, the first lady was seated next to Khrushchev at dinner, and she asked about the dogs launched into space as a part of the Soviet mission to make it to the moon. Interesting. Just a few weeks after the Kennedy's return to Washington, the crate arrived at the White House filled with puppies. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was a gift from Khrushchev, the offspring of one of the dogs that had returned safely from space. Space dogs. I'd be worried that they would be like mating and shit. Like, I don't know. I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, you can't give someone a pet, like a, like a dog as a pet, unless you know that they're actively trying to get a dog. That's just like oh, yeah. rude. It's an illegal gift. Yeah. Next one. Ted Kennedy was once attacked by a shark while swimming off of the coast of Massachusetts. Ted Kennedy was attacked by a shark? I that, could that's not what it's imagine saying? this. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't imagine him having that much bad luck. Um, like, he went through enough. Yeah. Also, like, I I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I, I haven't heard about it. So I'm going to say it can't be. <laughs> so this one is totally made up but at least it's inspired by the movie Jaws <laughs> Spielberg okay. shot the film in you guessed it Martha's Vineyard the site of Chappaquiddick that was a good one shot uh, that was nice. a good one um, next to last one Bobby Kennedy's grandson once dated Taylor Swift well, as one of the resident Taylor Swift stands at Betches, I definitely know that this is a fact and this is Kennedy. Yeah, I know. Yes, we touched on this very mm-hmm. briefly. Um, but in 2012, just at the age of 18, Conrad Kennedy, Robert's grandson, dated pop megastar Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. despite their four-year yeah. age difference. There are songs on uh, the album Red about Connor Kennedy. The last song, Begin Again, I know is about him. And then <laughs> there is the song, I forget what it's called. I think it's like Starlight or something. Um, and it's and about... that's about Edith Kennedy. <gasps> Interesting. Wow. May need to listen after this. Taylor wanted, Taylor wanted to be a Kennedy. Also, did you hear about, so um, the Kennedy who was running for Massachusetts Senator who lost, who was the congressman he lost and during like the party for like the winner who was ed markey they played the taylor swift song there goes the last great american (laughs) dynasty 
It was quite savage. I love that. <laughs> that is so savage. I love that. Yeah. Oh, God. That's amazing. All right. So last one. Jackie Kennedy once dated the creator of The Addams Family. I know she did have quite a few boyfriends or husbands after, you know. Yeah. I mean, I could see it being a possibility. I, like, around that time, who, who knows? You never know. I, I could see, see that happening. I could she see did it. it. She was, she dated a lot of people. She was in the, she was part of that society. Yeah, she was not shit. Um, Facts, yes. This one is a bit odd, but it's true. Jackie briefly dated New Yorker cartoonist Charles Adams, who introduced the world to the Adams family. Oh my gosh. Yeah. TVT to the Adams family. I have she not watched been that in many Adams. years. Yeah. Ugh, Jackie, what a queen. Mm-hmm, she has. Well, guys, that is it for Kennedy, or it can't be. Brian, you did a fucking incredible job. You basically got an A+. Plus. <laughs> I mean, I listened along very well, and I think that I would say, I think I got two wrong in total, maybe, one or two, but, you know, that's pretty good. That's still Push a your B. shoulders off. That's still a B. Well, tell them what we are about to do for next week. Yeah, before we go, just a little um, tease of what we're going to be talking about next week. Next week, we are going to be talking about nepotism in the media. So specifically, I'm going to be talking about the Murdochs and basically the family behind the Fox News empire and the Fox Corporation empire, not just news, everything. And Alicia, you'll be talking about... The Salzberger Ox family, and they're the family behind the New York Times. So, mm-hmm. lots to learn from which, next week. Which, like, I was pretty shocked to learn that there was so much nepotism going on at the New York Times. It's a, it's a really yeah. enlightening episode. I mean, I love the New York Times, but... So, that's the episode. Um, as always, remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening. And this has been Do You Know Who My Dad Is? A podcast about failing up. Betches.